The Wendigo of Idaho is taller than a steeple. With every bite, it gains more height, and what it eats is people. To infinity and beyond! Flying in baseball? Yeah, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. What is storytelling? Storytelling started with our indigenous people. Can anyone give me an example of a myth or a story they're afraid of? Lucas. What's going on? We found a part of a man in the woods today. Part of a man? I guess the other half was found in the mine. All this has got to be an animal, right? No animal I've ever seen. Something is going on with Lucas. These drawings belong to a student of mine. This is what was in the mine. It's a diabolical spirit. Excuse me, this is a myth. Well, for you, yeah. Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. In this episode, we are talking about the new horror film, Antlers, from director Scott Cooper, and produced by everyone's favorite, Guillermo del Toro. Yay. Um, I am, I've got this thing in my brain at the moment and it's like, I can't tell whether I love this movie because it was so good or I'd love this movie because I watched it the day after Halloween Kills. And it was like <laughs> the ultimate palate cleanser. <laughs> Why can't it just be both? <laughs> you know what? Por que los dos? You're right. Yeah, I loved this film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it was very bleak. Um, it had a lot to say about um, the justice system as well and how it fails um, families and children. Um, also framed with this dear demon thing. So, yeah, what's not to like? <laughs> Everyone's favourite hungriest spirit. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm always going to be erring on the positive side for monster films if there's a good monster and uh, the wendigo is a, a, a great concept and great monster design in the film and the atmosphere of this film really made it for me uh, it had the weird depressed environment that 
obviously everyone's living in at that point where it, it's like it's a town going under and um i think it's already the, sunk it's like yeah or yeah, yeah. or people are moving out uh, it's sort of it's not really readily defined but i like that because it, it's not explicitly trying to tell you what's happened and what's causing the issues the social issues within the town and you just get that atmosphere which i firmly push to Guillermo del Toro for this like I, I think that as a producer he was probably going this is where it's got to have that feeling around it um and the I guess I've the only catch I had on the film was we had all this great atmosphere we had this great concept and story but I felt like it was always just slightly skirting around the edges of things um, for it, like throughout the whole story. And it never really delved into probably more of the essential things. It got sidetracked by the protagonist's supposed problems in the past, which I found pulled out of the general feeling of the film. It's like someone bringing in... Oh, I had all these issues in the past, which I'm not going to resolve here, by the way. I'm just going to have it as a reference point for my character. And every time that was brought up, I just sort of suddenly got pulled out of this thing when the real story was about the kids and the father and what was going on there. And that didn't really get a lot of detail mm. as much as her backstory, so to speak, even though you're not explicitly told exactly what happens. Um and I just found that it was a real shame. It was sort of like I was placed in this amazing story that I wasn't going to be shown everything. I was mm. just going to be sort of forever just held out a little bit from some of the essential parts of it. And that's that's why I came out of it sort of going, yeah, do it. was that really good or was it <laughs> um, was it just lacking something there? And that it and it was a question there I, I i'm probably not fully decided yet which way i'd go with it because in saying that even saying it now i go well maybe that's a good thing because i've got to sort of fill gaps and try and work it out a bit more that way but it just felt a little bit detached probably her character as well felt yeah. a little bit detached from the uh, the meat of the story um but that, that's me. I don't mean, I'll let you guys comment as well. But, yeah. I think um, perhaps maybe the function of, I guess, going into the um, Carrie Russell's backstory that happened to her as a child, she's seeing something similar because obviously um, Lucas, the name of the boy, I think it was in the film, yeah. he's obviously a victim of abuse and is going through something as well. And I think what it was trying to explain was that she is someone who has been hurt in the past and she so desperately wants to save Lucas because maybe she sees that part of herself in him. Yeah, it's coming from that sort of like she abandoned her brother, so this yes. is the opportunity for redemption. Yeah, that's where I think it was going to. Um, I feel like it does take you out of the story of Lucas looking after his father and his younger brother, Adrian, which I agree it didn't um, dedicate enough time to you sort of mm -hmm. see glimpses of him walking home 
um, getting a couple of animals, um, locking the door and staying up all night, putting the headphones on and drawing and things. But I think they could have maybe explored him a lot more because I had a very capable, very good child actor in Lucas. Like, wow, very, very good. Yeah, it, like that was the stuff that was, I mean, the monster is scary and I think all, you know, all well-executed movie monsters are scary, yeah. but the stuff with this, like watching this young boy his his struggle around what he's like, you know, still loving his father, and no matter what's happening to his father and brother, like the, those scenes where he's outside that room or going into that room were like the most tense and yeah. most frightening parts of the movie. Yeah, or when he explains, you know, I just have to feed him and then he will love me, and mm. that's very heart wrenching. It's it's very very sad and depressing, and you just feel for this poor little boy. Yeah, yeah, who, and, yeah, just it just gives a hell of a performance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it, it's. I think if we had just his story alone, uh, and imagine you know a film which is devoted to that moment and what he's doing there to try and deal with that over the time, mm. I actually think that would have been a far more powerful film. Mm. Um, mm. But because yeah, we're sort of the main character. Um, I, I think the, the sort of like, oh, I suffered abuse and I recognize abuse stuff mm -hmm. just to me was almost tokenistic to make it a mechanic in the, uh, storytelling more than us really going, wow, look what he's going through, what he's, I don't feel it for, um, I've forgotten the name of her, her, her character. Julia. 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 I, like, I don't feel it for her. She seems... Mm -hmm almost a little bit clinical about it in a lot of ways. Yeah, mm. like very detached. Yeah, yeah, and I was going, is that her trying to be, that's my traumatised self and character, but it never connects to me to go, oh, yeah, she understands him. There's no way on earth she understands him. <laughs> no, she really no. No, it's a very and... different, very different world that this kid's living in. Yeah. yeah I feel maybe... Um... The misfire is that Lucas is obviously the main character, but we get stuck with Julia as the point of view character. So we experience everything through her, and that's probably the wrong way to do it. Mm. And it also doesn't really um, like there's this big focus on abuse, and that's certainly the the theme of the film. However, the interactions that we do see between Lucas and his father at the very opening of the film don't. I mean, other than his father being a meth dealer, he's not like he doesn't seem to treat him with the most you know, heinous of attitudes and things. And it's sort of like Lucas is obviously devoted to his dad and is happy to sort of sit there and be playful with him and stuff. Yeah. And Other than his father being a drug dealer, which in this town, it's sort of like, well, these options are go line up with everyone else at the, <laughs> at the um, welfare office or make meth. Yeah. And you even see that in the flashback where you see the transformation of the father and he sort of creates all the locks for the doors and he sort of looks at both of his children and mm. he says, do not open this door for any reason whatsoever. It doesn't matter what I say to you, you do not open this door. So yeah, he he's still, like looking after them. He's still yeah. trying yeah. to protect his children and in a very hopeless situation where he knows he's not going to get out of it. And yeah. they still sort of go out of their way to be like, oh, he's a deadbeat. This child's been abused for ages, obviously. And, yeah. and it's like, okay, but it's sort of, yeah, it's sweeter. It it, it, it's more affecting if it's like, he's not a bad father. <laughs> he's just in, he's, you know possessed by the demon of the Wendigo. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think when you sort of contrast that with um, the relationship between Julia and her brother, played by Jesse Clemens as well, there's such a a weird dynamic. Don't don't make that face, Beastie. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the show, Jesse Clemens, aka Beasting Damon. <laughs> If there's any celebrity I want to interview on this show, he's the top of my list. He is very cool. But, um, yeah, I also thought he was probably wasted in this film, unfortunately, because he's a very good actor. <laughs> he he kind of gets just all the kind of, like, I don't know. His character is, like, for a guy stuck in a shitheel small town, is, like, so wrapped up in bureaucracy. It's like, yeah, come on, he's dude, very, kick very the door officious. in. Yeah, he's very officious about everything and... Um, Mm. It, it, it again i don't down. know whether it yeah i don't know whether it was supposed to be they're trying to explore some fractured relationship between the two of them which it it sort of brings up and doesn't really give you much to land. work with no and again i think this is why i felt like i was watching an amazing story but i'd been pushed out to the outer edges of it to get mm. glimpses of it without actually getting to see the whole thing. And it's only in that house with those kids and the father, that whole process there um, to me was the meat of the film, but we didn't get enough of it. Yeah. You, no, you really. Could... No, no, go no, on. Sorry. Um, I was just going to say, you could easily have that film just focus on Lucas and the story of the Wendigo. And you could have had the teacher come in at any point that just happens to notice Lucas is acting really strange in class. And that could have been it. Yeah, yeah, and I and I really enjoyed the um, addition of Graham Greene as the um, the former sheriff who yeah, gave the kind fun. of exposition and was this kind of really mm. intriguing and like he's he's like at the moment he says that he knows what's going on and you've got this kind of this great mm. horror moments that you get from every monster movie and it was like okay cool we've got like the character who knows what's up and then he just disappears from the film halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> after he's like he's like well this is your problem um good luck <laughs> i've given you all the information you need to know now off you go <laughs> my, my native american go. wisdom has been granted to you goodbye <laughs> yeah we had like the some of the best lines in the movie like with these little explanation mm. of being, and um you know jesse Clemens is that sort of in that typical kind of supernatural film way he's like you know it's a myth and he's like, yeah, for you. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was like, oh, that's cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean that 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 certainly is a good aspect to it. And I, I mean the the actual concept of the Wendigo is unreal. It's sort of like it it's worthwhile exploring in a film. Um, the other it's thing not, is, I really done. no. And uh, yeah, uh, was there one where they sort of vaguely? Reference yeah, ravenous, you're thinking, I think. Is that what it was? Ravenous with um Robert Carlyle. I was talking to Monica about this yesterday. Robert oh, Carlyle yeah, and Guy Pierce, and yeah, in yeah, like, a, like was, a civil yeah. war fort, and, yeah, yeah, and they, they become they, cannibals, no, and, yeah, yeah, but it's sort of like it spreads through them and it references, like, oh, he's the spirit mm. of the Wendigo, but there's yeah, no yeah. monstrous aspect, mm. no, but they become their behavior, stronger. <laughs> yeah, they become stronger and stuff, yeah, yeah, um, the. I, I loved all that, but then it's the only downside for me was that classic thing to do at the end of a film 
where he's got the black blood coming out of his eye. And I just went, no. Oh, yeah, know. I was like, no. Uh. <laughs> Antlers 2, stag apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, like, um, that said, honest to God, give me more of that monster. I'll sit through four of these things. Seriously. It yeah. was so... Oh, I haven't I haven't seen a monster movie with a monster look that good in a while. Like the noises and the the atmosphere, the fog and stuff. Like I was like that that mm. when it turned into the monster movie, I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's jumping out of trees and then like yeah, like these these eerie noises and it just looked spectacular. Mm. Like it looked yeah. amazing and it was like puppets oh, mixed with CG. I was yeah, I was happy. Yeah. I was going to say the creature design is actually really, really good. And I appreciate that we don't see a lot of the monster as well until the, the very end where you see the full actual monster. You know, you and see it's, it's big. It's big and intimidating. And you, you, you quite literally see the last little bit of hum, like humanity slip, slip off this monster and it's just a beast. And I was like... Heavy-handed metaphor, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing reveal. It was like, eh, eh. Oh, no, I wasn't expecting. I just, I think I went. <laughs> uh, yeah, and look, I think it's got its own sort of law that works with it, similar to Alien and everything. So I can see how this will easily get picked up if it does yeah. extremely well um, to have a sequel and. Mm. possible franchise unfortunately um but i don't know i don't know whether the atmosphere will be recaptured because um it was a very original feel to the film like in a lot of respects mm. it, it it i really did enjoy the atmosphere i have a curious question though which i doubt you guys will be able to answer one of the weird things i found was the car that she was driving yep was Subaru Outback, which I believe is an Australian version of the Subaru, but it was all filmed in Canada and America. So I'm there going, what? <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm glad that's product, product, question. product, product placement, big, big, big time. And I went, but, but what did they film some of it here or did is some in New Zealand or something? I don't know. It was just really weird. <laughs> I sort of couldn't believe that it was like that. And I was, doesn't it make filmed sense in be. British Columbia. I'm just yeah. going to say Commonwealth and move on. <laughs> um, maybe. Sure. Maybe someone out there can answer it. But um, mm. it was just bizarre seeing that moment. It was a, it threw me because I knew that that's an Australian thing. Yeah. Um, uh, it was where they filmed um, Rambo, like the first blood. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, the atmosphere of hope, 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 hope British Columbia. Yeah. Uh, but that's... That, atmosphere of that area is unreal uh, and mm. that's interesting that they uh filmed it and rambo have that sort of same sort of depressed environment mm. and feel about mm. it so yeah that's quite interesting um yeah but i i, I ultimately i enjoy it i love monster films and yeah. i just sort of wish it was more than well i wish what we had there was presented more to us i guess mm. rather than slightly from afar via the two main characters i think for me i was just i'm so grateful to finally get a, a wendigo movie and like <laughs> i've i've been in love with this monster since i read like algernon blackwood's the wendigo way back when i was a teenager 
like phenomenal great horror short story if you want a good read um and uh, yeah i just i love that kind of like this really like nasty native american you know mythological creature that doesn't have the kind of like the charm of the the sasquatch and stuff this thing will ruin you <laughs> yeah it's, it's hungry <laughs> and it's and it's and it's a i mean it begins from a, a native american morality tale that's like when winter comes your family aren't your first resort for a meal like or <laughs> you become the worst thing imaginable yeah yeah so, i i yeah yeah, I, I really liked this movie. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, just a really interesting monster movie, which I wouldn't be mad at seeing a couple of more of. We did, oh, have, fun. So we did have fun poking fun of the principal going into the building like you think she'll be okay. I like that when, 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 um, when Julia first went there, knocked on the door and heard the growling, she just walked off. <laughs> She did the smart thing, but when the principal went, I'm like, no, don't go in the house. No, no. Oh, no, nah, she's dead. <laughs> oh, that smells terrible. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was that it was a bit, you know, classic horror film stuff. I'm gonna walk past bloodstained walls and obviously something really wrong's going on here. I'll keep going. <laughs> yeah. um, What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got cannibaled. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really liked it. Mm. Cool. Antlers. If you want a good horror film, you can do a lot worse. You can do Halloween Kills worse. <laughs> That's a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. I've been Scott. I will be Jason. I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason, Eddie, Monica Porto, and Scott Souter. The clip for this week's show was a trailer for Antlers, and the song at the end was Don't Follow from the Antlers soundtrack. If you're enjoying the show, please, I invite you to jump on the Apple Podcast and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. If you'd like to find us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter at popcultureau, we're on Instagram, and we are also on YouTube. Yes, YouTube. Me? No, not you.